0: Welcome to the Dulos Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message.
1: Hello, Dulos Youth. We are so glad that you've joined us again today for week four of our study of Esther. And this week... We are back to the original three. Yes, we are. For our Esther series. We lost Mike the Manatee yeah. over, over the week. What happened? And who do we have back? Um, Cole. Cole the Mole. No, no. <laughs> no,
0: not a mole. Oh my gosh, that'd be bad.
1: That's just gross. Not like a mole on your skin, like the animal. Yeah, I know,
0: but it's not like a animal that no no kid is like my favorite animal's a mole you know
1: like can you describe what a mole is it's
0: I, all i'm thinking of is kim possible and i'm thinking of the naked <laughs> mole rat <laughs> like that's all i'm thinking about right now and
2: that's
0: i'm not right. wrong bro <laughs> i don't want that nasty thing
1: all right so cole if you were an animal what would you be
0: i think i think it would be like monkey you know a monkey yes why a monkey uh number one tarzan's a great movie um, I, even though that those are gorillas. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> yeah. that's a monkey. <laughs> it's a primate. Okay, maybe I'd go gorilla. I'd go gorilla <laughs> then.
1: <laughs> and he's homeschooled. Okay. No, I was homeschooled. Yeah. I'm done with that part of my <laughs> life. <laughs> well, it's it's all right. Our entire audience is homeschooled now. Okay,
2: it's true. It's so good. They can all relate to homeschoolers. you. homeschoolers. <laughs> yeah.
1: They've all experienced something Kelly and I never got to. It's true. It's sad. Mm-hmm. All right, so guys, we played a game in connect group this week mm-hmm. where okay. we picked one or two and all that so i want to see your answers they all got to play it this last week and know it so let's go through it real quick this will be our game as we start off all right okay. so mm-hmm. you got to hold up your answer number one or number two okay. and do it quickly <clears throat> so number one chick-fil-a number two zaxby's that's Chick-fil-A an easy one no question. Question. nobody's choosing zaxby's that's a real person okay number one <laughs> playstation number two xbox Man, we are all Xbox. Oh, nice. My entire Connect group was PlayStation.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh, you need a new Connect group. Yeah, I told him that. That's exactly (laughs) what I told him.
1: All right, so number one, Nike, number two, Adidas. Kelly.
2: I love Adidas.
1: You a soccer player?
2: No, but I do have a lot of uh, soccer and basketball players in my Connect group. There you go. And they are all about the Adidas, too. It's all those three stripes.
1: Even on the court?
2: Yeah, they say Adidas is a lot better than Nike.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well they must be LeBron fans
1: all right so this is the one okay number one LeBron number two MJ oh that's right that's right all of you haters there's there's no
0: way that somehow
1: think that LeBron is as good as the goat (laughs) yeah there's no way no way all right here we go we'll go through these real quick number one the Dallas Cowboys number two the Dallas Mavericks and boys I don't. you got to answer one. I guess there I'll we go. go with football. Yeah, we done boys. Yeah. All right, last one. Number one, Target. Number two, Walmart. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I love oh. Walmart. Okay. I have Walmart wait, wait, the whole can way. I,
2: can I defend myself? <laughs> I will say that Walmart has stepped up their game recently. They're doing a great job. Don't need to. But
0: no, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> don't, think, I don't think you need to defend yourselves. I think that we probably need <laughs> to defend ourselves. I don't think there's hey. a lot of Walmart fans out there.
1: <laughs> I had a philosophy from when I was in high school on that I said, if you can't buy it at Walmart, you probably don't need it. (laughs) All right, so uh, this week we are continuing our study through Esther, and uh, we kind of crescendo the first three chapters all the way through chapter four till the very end, and we're going to get there today, but this is kind of the pinnacle of the book. This is... What it's all led up to, all of these kind of crazy stories we've heard about in the first three chapters, now Esther takes center stage. Mm-hmm. And all the character development now all starts to make sense. All the background comes into clear view where we're seeing her in the role that God put her in. Yeah. So, Cole, as we get going today, you know, we've, we've talked throughout this whole series about how... God has us exactly where he wants us, and that God can use us right where he has us, right? Yeah, absolutely. But is, is it true that it's easy to do what God wants you to do? Even though he has you right where he wants you, does that mean it's going to always be easy for you to be used by God?
0: No, I, I don't think so. But like you're saying, I think it's one of those assumptions that we think that because God has us, because we're where we're supposed to be, because we're in the right place, that life is just going to be easy. And um, I know that people watching probably aren't pastors, but I know that we experience it because you've probably gotten this. People are like, oh, you're a pastor? What do you do? You yeah. know, like they expect you not to do anything. Like you've got the easiest job in yeah. the world. And um, that's just kind of the general consensus. If you're doing what God wants, wants you to do, then, well, life's going to be peachy. No. And that's not true.
1: No, it's not. And definitely not in this story. No. So let's jump right in, um, looking at Esther kind of fulfilling her purpose and yeah. what this looks like. So let's start. Kelly, will you start us in uh, just the beginning of the chapter, maybe the first couple of verses, and then we'll just talk through it?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I can read the first few verses if you want. Yeah. Um, we'll start um, chapter 4, verse 1. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city, and he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. So I'll stop there and just refresh us on what just happened in Perfect. chapter 3. So in chapter 3, Haman wants to destroy all of the Jews. Um, and so he sends out that, um, that edict to all the provinces that they are going to be destroyed, and, and Mordecai finds out. Um, and he is just distraught, Um, and it continues, he went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one was allowed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth, and in every province, wherever the king's command and his decree reached, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting and weeping and lamenting, and many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes, so he he is in a state of mourning, he is really struggling with what's about to happen um, to his people,
1: so Cole, give us a little bit of background. What's the deal with the sackcloth and ashes? I know they're mourning, but why yeah. did they do that?
0: Yeah. So it was just something that they did to show the people around them that they were in complete mourning in this this sackcloth. Um, think of like a burlap sack. I don't know. I don't. You, you guys probably did this. I don't know if they said They'd been in elementary school. You know when you, the got, you got the sack races, yeah. the sack yes, races. Uh-huh. It's like that burlap yeah. sack that's just tough and and rough on your skin and so they would put this sackcloth on and what it would do is it would constantly it's not soft on your skin it's this constant irritation and you're you're having your ear your skin irritated and you're just always reminded of being mourned and you're showing the people around you that you are not okay something is going on in your life
1: yeah so mordecai's in sackcloth and ashes he's feeling the weight of this edict for yeah. all of his people, mm. and he's burdened by it. Yeah. So this is this is a terrible thing that's happening to my people. Yeah. So Kelly, take us to the next part. Um, you can read it if you want, or you can just explain it um, about Esther and her hearing this, hearing about Mordecai, all yeah. those type things.
2: So she, so Esther, does hear about what's happening with with Mordecai, and she sends some garments to him to essentially say, like, "Hey, take off those clothes, put these on instead." kind of cover that up and and wear this instead. And what ends up happening is Mordecai is essentially like, hey, you don't really understand what's happening. I'm going to make sure you know what's going on. And so he, you know, she sends messengers to him. He makes sure the messengers know what's really happening. And they send that story back to Esther. And then she's made more aware of what's actually happening, that her people are, are sentenced to death.
1: Yeah, you know, What's crazy is you have, you have two different situations here. You have Esther, who's totally disconnected from yeah. what's really going on. Yeah. Mordecai's in the middle of it. He's feeling it. He's mourning for his people. And when we talk about being used by God, and spoiler alert, I'm going to give you the end of, of chapter 4, um, but really the, the pinnacle of the chapter leads up to Esther finding out that perhaps God made you for this moment, Yeah. Like this, is, this is it. So when we look at ourselves and we try to apply this text to our lives, it's important that we look, well, how do we make sure we don't miss our moment? How do we, sure, how do we make sure that we know we're made for this and that we're going to be used by God in these situations? And it starts, number one, with being present. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, being there and understand things. Mordecai gets it. It takes Esther a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Mordecai understands it. But I think the natural question for us, and Cole, I want to ask it to you, is, how are you present in a world that's socially distant? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like, how can we be present right now? What's yeah. that look like? How can we? How can we even do this?
0: I think an, an easy way to, one way to answer it is to to say what not to do, yeah. and that's completely isolate yourself, right? Okay. Like so not saying netflix is bad but there's this tendency during this time to only watch netflix binge all these shows eat all these snacks and when you just cubby yourself up you're kind of like queen esther right you don't see the pain of the people and and you're just kind of like well everything's good you know i'm getting to chill at home i get to play my video games i get to do all this and when you're not being able to to see and experience what other people are going through through this tough time then, then you're not being able to be present with them. Um, so it starts off with, with not isolating yourself with all of the, the things that you get to enjoy. And so it takes, it takes sending that text message like, hey man, what's going on? Yeah. Um, like for me, I, if you don't call people, maybe you FaceTime people, I don't know how you communicate with people, but like I've called a couple of friends from college, like how are you doing during this pandemic? I, I had a friend who works at Starbucks. I don't know if he still has his job. Yeah. But but I want to know because I care about him. And so I think that when, when you care about somebody, you've got to take this step during this pandemic to be present in their lives and let them know that, hey, you are there for them. You you, you want to be present so you can help them, right? So you can show them the hope that's Jesus.
1: Yeah. you want to add to it? I, Yes, I do. It.
2: So um, this point of be present. Um even my husband and I, we kind of use this not as a joke, but as a simple reminder to one another, like, hey, are you being present right now? If I'm having a conversation with you and you're on your phone, you don't look very present, you know? So, so even making sure you're, you're with your family nonstop right now, you know, like you're in your house, can't really go anywhere else. And if someone's trying to actually to take advantage of that time with you and, and spend that time with you, be fully present in that moment. Make sure you're not watching Netflix or you're not on your phone playing at some game or Xbox or whatever. Be fully present in that moment too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I, th- I think it's really important for us to understand. If we really believe that God is sovereign, that God has us where he has us on purpose, he has us where he wants us, and he wants to use us where he has us. Yeah. If those things are true, then it's important for us to understand. we. We have to be ready. Like, we yeah. have to be present yeah. in those moments to be used by God. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm isolated and I'm, I'm away from everybody, I don't have the same impact.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, you see in the story, Mordecai is feeling it. He sends this message to Esther. Esther obviously is like, hey, change your clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gonna be, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And she thinks that somehow this quick fix is going to be... All he needs. If he didn't,
0: if he didn't change his clothes, he would have gotten sentenced to death. Like you're not allowed to wear sackcloth and ashes in that in that moment. So if if he had remained in sackcloth and ashes, he he would have been killed. So Esther, what she does when she says he sends him clothes is she's sending him a temporary fix. Like hey, you're not gonna get killed. But even with fresh clothes, the dude's still gonna his people are still going to die. And yep. so is he, but mm-hmm. because she wasn't present in his life, because she wasn't present and understanding what the real problem was, she just kind of offered this temporary fix. And, and that's the problem with us not being present in our friends' lives. We offer them no help at all. You know what I mean? Like exactly. it, it's like, you you can't give somebody who has cancer a band-aid. It's not going to mm. fix the problem. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're not present and truly understanding what's going ha- what's going on in their lives, you will never be able to help them.
2: We miss the opportunity to to be like Christ to them yeah. too. You know, and love on people well.
1: When well, I think there's so many times that we've missed the opportunity because we haven't been present. Yep. So we're we're going, "Oh, well, you made a cry for help, but I didn't hear it." Yeah. yeah. I didn't even yeah. I didn't even hear it because all I thought was like, oh, yeah, it's good. I'm going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just move on. And God was going, no, I had you in this moment for yeah. a purpose. Yeah. I made you for this. I gave you the influence. I gave you all that. And I'm just asking you to be present in it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so we've seen in the text you need to be present, but it's not enough just to be present. That, that's not what makes you, you know, take advantage of the opportunity you have in front of you. Mm-hmm. You also have to be faithful. And yep. what happens in the text is Esther sends Mordecai these clothes, but that's really not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Mordecai is trying to get Esther to go into the king and plead for her people mm-hmm. and to do this. And she's scared to death because she's going, if I do this, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to get killed. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cole, why don't you start... Um, maybe somewhere around verse 10 yeah. and read a little bit and we'll keep going in the text.
0: Yeah, so like you said, in, in verse 10, Esther's like, hey, by the way, Mordecai, if I go to the king, I could die. Yeah. And so then you get, um, after that in verse 13, this is Mordecai's response to Esther after she's like, I could die if I go to the king. So verse 13 says, then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, do not think to yourself that in the king's palace, you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come up to the kingdom for such a time as this.
1: You know, the, the reality for us, and we see it here in Esther, is that just because God has you where he wants you, doesn't mean that it's not going to require some level of sacrifice, Mm -hmm. right? Following Jesus requires sacrifice. Uh, That's why he said, if anyone would come after me, he must take up his cross daily Mm -hmm. and follow me. Um, That's why Paul said, I die daily, Mm -hmm. you know, all, all those sort of things. So when you look at Esther's story, this is such a dark and desperate time. Her whole race is about to be extinguished. Yo. And Mordecai puts this in front of her where he says, either you can stand up and be faithful to God or you can shrink back in this moment. And the reality is, you just read it, Cole. The reality is you're not going to escape the palace yeah. either. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a different thing. So she has to choose... Death or death is what it seems like the options are. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're choosing to die, but you're choosing how you're going to die. And when we look at this text, it's really the same thing that Mordecai had to choose in the last chapter, where Mordecai had to choose am I going to stand up and do what's right and not bow down to Haman, or am I going to go, I'm going to bow down and not honor God, and as a result, some bad things are going to happen, Yeah, you know? So let me just ask you guys, for, for people today, how do, we, how do we stand up for Jesus? How do we make the most of the moments he has for us, even when it seems like this is going to be really difficult? This is going to be something that probably I'm not going to die for, but I'll get made fun of. I'll lose friends. I'll... I'll lose popularity. People won't think I'm as cool anymore if I start living for Christ like I'm supposed to. How does that, how does that happen for students today?
2: Man, I I think that, you know, you even said it. Um, like, it's not something that they're going to die for necessarily, but we do look at Jesus' life. And, you know, God called him to something super extreme and, and he did sacrifice his life, you know, for us, and he was obedient in that. And I think that even God's Son went through a lot of heartache and so much sacrifice to get to get to the cross, yeah. you know? and and I think the same is for us, you know, like we just because we follow Jesus, life is not going to be easy. You said yeah. that. you know, it's it's going to come with a lot of heartache, But I think that when we we say, be faithful. Like if you continue to pursue after Christ and what he wants for you, we're still going to make mistakes. We're human. We're, we're going to decide to go with flesh over what, you know, what Christ would want for us. But I really do think it is as simple as be faithful, continue to pursue after to God and the godly things and be obedient to what he wants. And, you know, if, if you're not going to allow to God, you'd, for God to use you, he's going to find someone else yeah. to
1: use. And that's what Mordecai says. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like find someone else. Yeah. He'll raise up. Yeah. So. Cole, you want to add to that? What would you say to students about how to just be faithful?
0: Yeah. I, I think that if you're going to be faithful, then you've got to have faith that Jesus defeated death. Um, you've got to have the faith that God de- always delivers his people, right? Like you've got to, you've got to have mm-hmm. faith to be faithful. Yeah. Uh, kind of a, a weird thing. Um, but in that, that doesn't mean you go and live a life just to go and get get persecuted and feel pain yeah. just so you can be a real Christian. Yeah. Um, but it comes in in little things, mm-hmm. right? In little things where you're faithful to God, like telling people, "Hey, I, I can't, I can't be out late with you Saturday night. I've got church in the morning. You know what? It's a priority for me." Um, or sending to sending it to people online now cuz you know unless you're coming to our campus um but but telling people what you're doing whether it's reading God's word or you're you're not being obnoxious about it but you're standing up for the things that you believe in like hey did you did you watch this video man I I don't feel right about that. Yeah. You, you know, God doesn't view people like this. Um, and it's just in the simple things of of, of you're putting yourself at risk, like Matt said, of, of being made fun of, of being looked at differently, as being looked at as lame or, or whatever, but but it doesn't matter because you have faith that God, um,
1: he he's victorious, and you can be faithful because he is. Yeah. So what is cool to me is you look all throughout scripture and you see God using faithful people that's who he uses God uses people absolutely yeah and I mean when you when you look through and you see even the earliest book that we have with Job that you know there was no one in the in the world like him that you just
0: blew people's mind they didn't know that Job was the (laughs) earliest (laughs) book
1: it was written before Genesis whoa that sounds weird um but it really is um but you look at Job, you look at Noah, you look at Joseph, who yeah. we've talked about before, yeah. where Joseph went through this whole um, lot, his whole life where it was always favor. Wherever he was, it, he found favor, found favor with the Lord. And, but there came a point where he had to go, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. I can't just live on the favor that God's given me like Esther did until this point. Now i got to live by the faith that I have in God yeah. to do that. And so... We're called to be faithful. And what's interesting, Cole was kind of saying it when he was talking about you got to have faith to be faithful. It really is true. Faithfulness requires you being full of faith. Mm -hmm. Like I've got to believe in God that he's going to be able to do these things. I've got to believe that God really is, is, is trustworthy, that all these promises that he's given me are true. I've got to believe that God truly is in control, that he is sovereign, and that he's put me here for this purpose. And when you have that faith in God, it gives you the ability to be faithful to God. Yeah. And that's Esther. <laughs> Esther has a decision she has to make where she's got to look at it and go, man, do I truly have faith that God is putting me in this position? And so we end this, um, this passage we just had in verse 14 that Mordecai tells her, and who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Like he says, Esther, I'm not God, but I'm telling you, what if? What if God put you in the position he puts you in for this moment right here? So good. Yeah, it's awesome. And like... That's just one of those where you're going, whoa, Mm -hmm. you know, you have that kind of aha moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many times I've had that in my life or I've seen that in other people's lives where all of a sudden it just kind of clicks and you go, okay, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: God, that's what you're doing. And you've put me here. You've put me in this position. You've done all this. And that's where we have to decide. Yep. Am I going to be faithful or am I going to be faithless? Am I going to believe God or am I going to believe every other lie? And Esther's put in this position. Am I going to, I going to do what God's mm-hmm. called me to do and believe in him or am I going to just fall away? Mm-hmm. So let's pick up the text. Kelly, will you give it to us? Will you just finish this out, verses 15 through 17 Absolutely, for us? Absolutely,
2: yeah. All right, verse 15, it says, Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf, and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him.
1: How awesome So good. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Like... Esther has a decision to make, mm-hmm. right? We didn't get into it too much with the last one, but we talk about this dark and desperate time. One of the things that Mordecai tells her is he says, "Tell Esther, if you don't do this, your father's household will be ruined, like it will be destroyed." Yeah. And so we don't we don't think too much of that, but in the Jewish culture, for your family name, for your heritage just to be Gone is everything. Mm -hmm. And so Esther in the palace, the queen, she has to wrestle with who she is now, this powerful woman in the palace versus who she knows she really is. Mm -hmm. It's like Moses. Yeah. You know, it's Moses when, when Pharaoh's daughter brought him in, and you know, he always knew he was a Hebrew. But he never acted upon it because he really liked being Pharaoh. Like being, being in Pharaoh's palace <laughs> was like, that was the deal. <laughs> Until one day when he saw a Egyptian slave master beating a Hebrew slave.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And all of a sudden that just stirred something up in him and he didn't know what to do. And he just reacted and he murdered him. Mm-hmm. And then he ran away and that's when God spoke to him in the burning bush and all this. And then Moses decides, you know what? I'm gonna come back to the place I grew up. I'm gonna go in Pharaoh's palace and I'm gonna deliver God's people. Mm-hmm. Pretty powerful story. Yeah. That's what Esther has mm-hmm. to decide mm-hmm. is, is she going to go back and go, you know what? Really dig in the queen life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I really enjoy the palace and I like everything that comes with it. Or is she gonna go, I know what God's calling me to do, I know who I really am. Yeah. And that's the struggle we all face. Yeah, is do I want to live for this world and all it has to desire, or do I want to live like Christ? Mm. Mm-hmm. So be present, be faithful. Third one, be Christ-like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, living like Christ means living sacrificially. Mm-hmm. And so, what what would you say, Cole? You answer it first. What would you say it looks like to sacrifice like Jesus? And how did Esther do that? And I, I
0: think of one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's John 15, 13. It says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And it's Jesus talking to the disciples, just this, this amount of love. And so the, the reality to, to live like Jesus is to be willing to give your life for somebody else. That's selfless, right? Yeah. Like that's not about you whatsoever. And, and I'm not just talking like, okay, you need to go die for somebody. You know, you don't need to just jump in front of a car for somebody and then you're a good Christian. But, but a willingness to give your life looks like, looks like being a missionary. Like these people who, I think of Jair and Norma, the, yeah. the missionaries we support in Mexico, um, they've given their whole entire lives for other people, not for themselves, but to serve others so that they can come closer to Jesus. Um, but, but for you in, in high school... Um, or junior high. Or junior high respect uh, to you it's it's why are you doing the things that you're doing right like are you just living this life for yourself so you can get pleasure out of it so you can enjoy it so you you know you're satisfied or are you doing things for other people it goes back to mark 10:45, right not yep. to not to be served but to serve and give that's jesus give his life as a ransom for many and so what what are you doing and, and when you're doing it who are you doing it for because if you only do things for yourself, then then you're not laying your, you're not being like Christ. Because yeah. Christ didn't do things for himself. His whole life here on Earth was so that we could have life. And so, what are you doing with the life that He's given you? Are you living it for yourself or for others?
2: Yeah, it's good. I so I really love this passage that we just read. Um, I think that as we're looking at what it's what it's like to be Christ like. Esther immediately says to fast and that's the first time we've ever seen her do anything like related to her faith at all or God and I love that. I love that she is immediately like we're going to fast. We're going to do this on behalf of all of our people and, and I'm going to do it as the queen. I'm going to do that inside the palace with all of my women around me. Um, I love that. And then she has this like drop the mic moment. If I perish, I perish. I'm going to do everything I can to save my people. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I'm going to do everything I can. And I just, I love that. I think it's just so, it's so good for us to see like moments like that in scripture, you know, like we see that in movies. But it's right here in our Bible, you know, like it's just so cool. And I think that, you know, everything that Cole said was so good. Like our life is worthless outside of Christ. You know, if I don't have a relationship with Christ... What, what am I here for? What is my life for? You know, and it is meant to sacrifice for others and, and give my life for others.
1: So what's amazing about this story is Esther truly was, she was, she was made for this moment mm-hmm. and she's preparing herself for it mm-hmm. with this fasting and all that. But you look at the situation, I mean, it is this dark, desperate time for her people, yeah. her entire race, is getting wiped off the planet. That's Haman's idea. She calls everyone everyone over to fast and to prepare themselves to be ready to do whatever it takes to do this. And what is interesting to me is you look at it, and there's moments in our lives, and perhaps it's right now for many of you, where it just feels dark. Mm. It just feels hopeless. It feels like, man, am I ever going to get out of this? Or... Or, or whatever, and I'm not just talking about the crisis we're facing, I'm talking about you can, you can feel that way because of sin all around you, you can feel that way because of home situations, yeah. all kinds of stuff, and you just go, man, how am I ever gonna get out of this darkness? Mm. And there's a truth here that I think is really powerful if you'll learn it. The pathway out of the darkness is through the darkness. Mm. God does not just take Esther and go, hey, all you're going to have to do is just say a word or make an edict or just walk right into your husband's um, parlor room and go, hey, you're not killing the Jews anymore. (laughs) Like, she didn't have that power or authority. She knew that if she walked into the king's um, room without being summoned, that she could be put to death. That's a crazy part of the story. Mm -hmm. And so she knows she's taken her own lives her own life in her own hands. And she's going, I, I, I'm not sure it's worth it. And what you have to understand is Esther is going, Man, this is a tough situation. Everybody, fast and pray, like help us be prepared for it. And so, what I would say is really important for all of us to learn is that very rarely does God remove us from the valley of the shadow of death mm-hmm. or remove us from the darkness. But what he does promise. Is that he'll be with us in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what David said. Yeah. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Not because you removed me from it, but because yeah. you're with me. Yeah. That's good. And that's good. when we look at how do we, how do we make the most of our moment to be present, to be faithful, we be Christ-like, no one embodies that more than Jesus. Yeah. And you look at his final days on this earth, when he's there in the garden and he prays to God. He says, if, if it's possible, take this cup of suffering away from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. He says, God, I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. Yeah. And so as we wrap up today, I think it's important for us just to, just to be willing to say, God, wherever you lead, whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. It's a bold prayer. It's it's a difficult prayer to pray. But our willingness to say, God, I, I will have the faith in you to do this. Watch what God can do. I promise you, God has not put you there on accident. He's not surprised that any of us are in the situations we're in. He knows it, and He has a purpose for us there. And He's asking us to be present, to be faithful and to be Christ-like. And if you look at the story of Esther, next week, it's a pretty awesome story. So, Kelly, will you pray for us? And, uh, and then we'll, we'll close out for this week, all yeah, right? sounds Go good.
2: Ahead. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for our time today. Um, we just are so thankful for this story, that we can relate to it each week, each chapter that we've gone through. We can pull truths out of it um, that relate to us right where we're at. And we know that's not by accident. Um, God, I just pray that you would help us to to be present, to be faithful, to be Christ-like, um, that in any moment that we're in right now, whatever we're facing right now, whether it's with this pandemic or with our family situation or school or the future, God, just that we would do those three things, that we would... Um, just be listening to what you have for us to continue to walk with you and to be obedient and, and in that to, to show people you um, that that's our job, to be the light. Um, God, we love you so much, and we're thankful for, for your son and um, for these moments that we have. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe
0: share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us
2: at Dulas Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.